Sounds perfect, mate, yeah. Hi guys and welcome to the Go Coaching Podcast. So today we've got a guest, we've got George on. So if I want to let you introduce yourself and then we'll sort of just go from there, really. Yeah, cheers for that, mate. Oh yeah, so uh, my name is uh, George. I am the Windy, not saying um, I, I'm also a personal trainer at Sutton. Um, I think I've been through a fair few injuries recently at the moment, and obviously we've known each other a while now, so I thought, you know, this was a perfect opportunity for us to have that chat. Obviously, George brought me on today, so thank you very much for that, buddy. Um, but yeah, just excited to, you know, jump into some, in some topics, have a discussion about our injuries, and just go from there, really, man. Yeah, love that, love that. So, what's, um, obviously, I know you've been suffering quite a long time, which is obviously really, really frustrating with your injuries. And you, you recently, did you recently get to sort of the main sort of point as to what was going on? Because I know you were sort of, you couldn't really get an answer for anything. Yeah, so basically, let me just shift this over here so I can move my laptop out of the way. So basically, um, when I first kind of did my injury, it was kind of the start of December. Um, so I had two things kind of pop up at the same time. It was my my knee and my shoulder originally. So it was kind of something that I wouldn't say just point blank, point blank ignored, but the guy I was working with at the time, me and him tried to like work around those. Um, and we didn't really get a diagnosis for a while. I kind of do, that's one thing I would actually say is that I wish I had gone to Pfizer immediately instead of just, oh, you know, it's nothing serious, this will be fine. Um, so I kind of went the NHS route and kind of only just got the diagnosis around about, gosh, must have been about six or eight weeks ago when the initial pain was a lot before that. Um, so yeah, just working for a little bit of rehab, it's now really, man. But how about yourself? So mine was, mine's been going on for like years. Um, started out from football, so obviously that, um, so it started out as Oscar Slattis. Do you know much about that? So it's uh, yeah. a lot of people who play football experience it. Um, and it's literally just just kept on going. Um, and so I've been speaking to the physio recently, and they they think it is obviously it's hard not being able to see the physio face to face to get a full diagnosis. Um, but potentially just a big weakness in my hamstrings and glutes in comparison to my quads. Um, so that's what he's potentially just given me some movements to focus on getting stronger at. And then um, he suggested that my patellofemoral joint potentially is the area which is sort of the reason why I'm getting a lot of pain. Um, so again, he's giving me some movements work and really focus on that. It's, it's obviously tough though. Um, so I think you got to the physio and you had a face-to-face, didn't you? Um, but mine was literally just a phone call because that's all he can do at the minute, which is quite annoying. Yeah, yeah. Mine was kind of, I had a few visits, kind of presentation when I went there. Um, my shoulder was kind of one injury. Um, I've then gone away, worked around it, probably overworked that area a bit too much, probably should have backed up a little bit more, um, and ended up turning like an impingement into a full-on kind of pec insertion tear, um, which is never ideal because that just affects so much. So there was that, which just needed resting, and I needed an injection, but obviously what with corona and everything going on, there was that. Um, but in terms of my knee, that is, to be fair, that's I'm probably in quite a similar situation to you in terms of, it kind of now, now we're going through things, it kind of did stem from an original injury playing football. Yeah. Um, I, it was just like a slide tackle like in my ankle and that blew into um, psoriatic arthritis. So I've got that in my right ankle. 
And I think now that my ankle uh, mobility and flexibility has never been great since then, I think that's now hindered my knee, which has then kind of led to the spread of psoriatic arthritis into the knee and also ten, uh, tendonitis, which I now think I have in my elbows as well. So I'm a bit broken at the moment, but... <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Yeah. That's really tough. But I guess at the end of the day, the gym's being closed now in a way is, is a positive for you, like from your own training perspective. So I know that from myself when I get an injury I tell myself I need to take time off but it's so hard to take time off but I guess now you're sort of forced to slightly yeah exactly man exactly I mean I, I did throughout this kind of like six week period I, I rested for two weeks in between like, I mean I hadn't I hadn't actually lifted weights since January anyway but I like rested from everything like no real walking no cycling no trying to work around the injury like just did nothing just went for a short walk rested it iced it once I could and then I thought right I'm gonna have to do something to strengthen this obviously if you know much about arthritis it's kind of a thing that you'll never cure it but you can uh, like maintain it and and help it like not get worse type thing so like for example when I first did my ankle one it's bearable but it's just something you work around Um, so yeah now I'm just trying to do that really as much as possible um and actually been doing a fair bit of research into it and i think i'm probably going to change my diet a fair bit i've I've been on very very high carb for a long time and that's quite bad for someone with arthritis because it can cause so much extra inflammation um so although i've never been a fan of you know super high fat and super low carb i feel like that's maybe something i'm more into now yeah definitely definitely um what so you'd potentially look at going down slightly more keto route is that what you is that what you're sort of suggesting yeah well i mean obviously i've i've had a fair fair bit of experience from myself and from clients and things like this i've always been an advocate of like a higher carb diet just because obviously that's going to be a high like energy balance you know you know fuel sessions and whatnot but um I definitely think that looking more towards like gluten-free options, so kind of getting lots more fruits and vegetables in there, kind of less starch, less bread, less pasta, less other things like that. Um, I have actually reduced carbs in my diet now. I'm not tracking at the moment, but off the top of my head, I would say that my current diet is probably about 150 to 200 carbs less than what I was eating a few months ago. And I don't know if it's that with the physio, but I do feel like something is making a small improvement, so I'm keen to kind of, you know... Try that out. Have you um have you heard much about the vertical diet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually yeah. something I've been looking into a fair bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say the whole premise of that is uh, micronutrient dense, and and the whole point is to reduce inflammation, gut inflammation, and digestive inflammation. So I mean that might be potentially a good idea as well. Yeah. No. Definitely. I mean, I think it was definitely something that. At first, when I didn't realise it was like arthritis, it was affecting my joints and tendonitis. I thought it was just like a, you know, I originally thought it was an MCL and then a, just a, a impingement. So I had a few people say, oh, you know, it might be worth changing a diet. And I think in that moment, I was a bit frustrated and was like, oh, well, it's not going to be my diet, is it? I've just injured my knee. But actually, yeah. when you step back and you take the ego out of the injury and you take the ego out of the whole situation, it's like, well, actually, this is a great chance to learn my body a little bit better and to learn. You know what's going to make it feel better what's going to make it feel worse it's like said so yeah no definitely time to experiment with those for sure when when it first happened did you did you keep on training as you were or did you did you adapt your training in any sort or what what did you do yeah so i mean at the time we um, decided that 
I kind of I kind of regret doing this. And I think if if I was see the thing is I was being coached at the time and I've always been extremely stubborn. I, I mean I'm you probably see this from my Instagram. I'm, I will do the same exercise day in day out for years if I had to. So at the time I was kind of told right try and avoid anything that's painful. But if you can do it with a little bit of pain, then do it. So that's what I did, and probably still train too hard with that, especially with my knee. Still leg pressing a fair amount of weight would try and go higher and wider to like for example on a leg press to try and take the tension off there but then actually all I was doing was putting more tension on my because I was going outside of my active, active range um, so that's kind of what I was doing with the knee with the shoulder I stopped any pressing so no shoulder pressing no bench pressing dumbbell presses anything like that um, but another thing I do regret doing is keeping weighted dips in I was kind of advised at the time I you know if weighted dips feel okay then do it and it was only when I went back to the physio afterwards and was like, is this going to be the right thing to do? It, I definitely shouldn't have done that. I definitely should have taken more precautions. So, you know, hindsight's a great thing, but I think I definitely should have been a little bit more cautious of what I was doing and what was feeling painful and just to suck it up, you know, start every process as opposed to, um, you know, pushing it back further and further because I wasn't pulling enough out of my sessions. Yeah, of course. And it's so easy when you're coaching yourself or when you're sort of like in the mind frame that you are in the mind frame that I am, where you want to push yourself, that when, obviously, when you're coaching a client, if something happens to the client, you tell them to take a step back. Whereas when it's mm. yourself, it's just so hard to take that step back. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. I mean, to be honest, at the time, I mean, I only stopped kind of working with my coach in, I think it was kind of the end of January time, but I think that I, I wish that I told him the extent of the injury. I, I kind of said, oh, you know, my knee hurts, my shoulder hurts. I should have said my knee really hurts, my shoulder really hurts. Yeah. I think that's, there's a big difference in the way that you can portray that. And I think that from the back of this, I would hope that my clients would, would kind of do the same with me and be brutally honest with what feels wrong, what feels right. And, you know, then we can work on it from there. Yeah, and that's, that, I guess that's part of the coaching relationship with the client, making sure that that client feels... Like they have the ability to be fully honest with you and transparent no matter if it's positive or negative yeah 100 percent, man 100 percent. because at the end of the day it's, it's not you know hiding these things it's, it's you can probably get away with it for a certain amount of time but 9.9 percent .9 of the time you're not going to get away with it because you're hiding in something else that's gone wrong like for example oh, my back's hurting today, why is your back hurting? There could be so many different reasons. It could be a weak core, your hamstrings could be tight, it could be like a genuine injury, like you just don't know. So it's just kind of um, reverse engineering why something is happening and just and working on that now as opposed to just, oh, well, if it feels okay, let's give it a go. Yeah, of course. And it's, it's a lot of it is like a chain reaction, like you said, with when you're trying to get around the leg pressing with that higher and wider, then you start getting those impingements elsewhere. And it's... Mm. it's yeah, it's one of those things which, like, like my knee, I, I've been trying to work around it for a long time, but I just, I just have to come to a point that obviously doing the physio helps it and, it and it does improve it and it will improve it even more. But you have to get to the point where you realise that certain movements just don't work for you, um, so you just don't do those movements, and that's that comes down to that individuality, I guess, with the, with the coaching that you shouldn't just be tied to certain movements and just think that you have to squat to grow your legs when in reality you really don't. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, that's even reminded me of a, a client, I've, well, two clients I've got at the moment who have got a, a scoliosis. So their spine will kind of veer to one side slightly. And they've both worked with PTs before and they kind of had it drilled into them that they have to deadlift to get a big back. 
and I'd watch them try and deadlift and they like it just I was like I'm sorry but you just you shouldn't be deadlifting and yeah. if you were then you you shouldn't be doing it from the floor like it, 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 it didn't fit their mechanics at all and it's just so not I said this is the danger of someone picking up a generic plan offline like that's not specific to you at all, at all. it's just a random plan that someone put together so yeah yeah I hate, I hate that so much when you see see it and, and they just get drilled into them and obviously that that pt that potentially drills it into them potentially isn't educated enough to be coaching that but then they're from an authority standpoint so that the client thinks no no different when you're looking at it from the outside in and you're thinking that they just literally should not be doing that movement yeah 100 percent, 100 percent, man yeah, definitely. What, what have you done with with those clients then? Have you sort of uh, shortened the range of motion, done block pulls, or have you just taken pulls out from them completely? Yeah. So, so for one of the guys, we put a bit of like chest supported movements just to start yeah. with, um, just to kind of build the strength in the mid back initially. He would be a bit of like single arm movement because he would be a lot stronger on his left side. So just to make sure that he was starting on his weaker side, building that up a little bit, and then um, that would be a little bit more even. Now he's moved on to block pulls, and they seem to be working really well for him. Um, the other client I'm working with, he, he's still uh, very young. He's still quite new to the whole PTM process, and he needs to learn um, a lot of like sk- uh, movements for like skills for movements even. So like he can't walk into a gym to move correctly yet because he's not kind of learned the skill to be able to do that. Um, so, I mean, that's definitely something that I'm willing to, you know, try out in this. I don't feel like it's necessary for him at the moment to be doing that. But definitely, you know, we're not, I'm not ruling it out for him altogether because I know that there is an emotional attachment to that because, you know, when all your friends are deadlifting and you want to deadlift, it's like, right, they're not you. I get the emotional attachment you've got here. They're not you. Let's see what we can do to improve your situation and then, you know, perhaps consider an alternative for that. Yeah, of course. And I feel, especially with the squat bench and deadlift, it's sort of the minute you say to someone, I go to the gym, their, their answer is, what do you bench? What do you squat? What do you deadlift? Yeah. When it's that emotional attachment. And, and for a lot of people, they don't have the ability to move their scapula. They can't retract their scapula. They can't protract their scapula. They're just not built to, they're not built yet to do those movements. So like you said, doing those chest supported movements where they have more stability, taking their time, um, yeah, a lot better, a lot better. What um, what are you doing at the minute for training then, obviously, with the whole change in situation? Sure. So um, at the moment, um, I'm, I'm quite lucky, actually, that I managed. I ordered some bands very, very early on in this whole process. So I've got those at home. Um, so if I was able to train 100%, I'd be on those. It's pretty much my brother using those at the moment. Um, and then I've got, like, free weights and bars and things at home. So I have been able to put into my face record like a library of exercises um, and just send them over to the Facebook group so everyone knows exactly what things should look like exactly what they should be doing you know whether they've got weights whether they've got bars whether they've got bands whether they've got nothing they have something that they can do Um, but in terms of actually myself all I've really been doing mate is literally just an hour of an hour of physio every day which is just 20 minutes on the bike I've then got um, two kind of like the teletendon exercises um, two chest insertion exercises and then scapular retractions and different movements from there because my left scap is a lot weaker than my right and I think that's why I've injured this area. Um, yeah. But that's about it really, man. 
Nice, nice. You're lucky that you got hold of some of those bands. They're they're all either out of stock, or there was there was one that I um I was finding for a client just before all the whole lockdown situation starts. So I sent them the link, and at that point it, they were like ten pounds. It was it, it, yeah ten pounds, and then I checked back last week, and the 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 people are now selling them for like sixty. What this oh, mate? It's absolutely insane. <laughs> I had a client order on Amazon Prime three weeks ago because. He'd initially ordered and they never came. So I was like, right, I'm going to do it on Prime and see when they come. It took five days to come and they'd gone from £10 to like 45 or 50 or something. Outrageous. It's ridiculous, man. It's so ridiculous. And, and all it is is just these few resistance bands and they're making an outrageous markup on them. <laughs> yeah, mate. They're, they're probably the only companies right now making any money. <laughs> yeah, literally. What, um, what, what have you been doing then for clients in regards to um, uh, home workouts with... Have you like advised them all to get resistance bands or yeah? Um, what, yeah, what, yeah. So when, yes, I mean when this kind of so basically about one or two weeks before this whole whole thing like lockdown, obviously um, you'll know it's like different gyms were like starting to shut down maybe up north, or we were seeing like a, a pattern of like a few things gyms thinking about it. So as soon as that doubt was there, I just put a link in the group and was like, guys, I think you're going to need these. I'm pretty sure we're going to shut yeah. soon. Try and get them if you can. Um, so I had a few guys who just jumped on it and a few who would even message me and be like, ah, we're not going to shut. It's going to be fine. And I wish that they jumped on that straight away because yeah. obviously it took a lot longer. Um, but I mean, in terms of the guys that are using bands, I've kind of got them set up for um, like a five day a week training split. Um, just because I feel like, it, let's say they are on four days a week. If they're using bands, you can probably get away with an extra day because you've not got as much um, I mean, although you want to train with intensity with the bands, I don't feel like they're going to give you as much as what, yeah. you know, it's not the same. You don't have eccentrics, you, well, you, you don't have as much of an eccentric, so I mean, that's where we get a lot of muscle breakdown, so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So if, if, if it's someone with just bands, I usually give them an extra day. Um, in one case, I've actually upped someone from three days a week to five days a week because he tried doing four and he was like, I feel like I haven't even trained. I was like, right, send me videos. I want to make sure you're training hard enough to start with. If I feel like you're training hard enough, we're going to add, add an extra day because otherwise, you know. Um, but yeah, thankfully, I've actually got a decent group of guys who've got a lot of weights in the house. They've got a lot of space to train, so that's been awesome. Um, so I'm seeing a lot of guys still progressing this, which is like the best thing ever. I wasn't sure if that was going to be possible. I'm still seeing guys like, you know, message me, oh, George, I've visited PB on this or that or whatever. So that's awesome. Um, but yeah, just trying to work with what they've got really, man. Have it yourself. So the same sort of setup and um, for clients sending out those bands, um, I obviously adapting their training massively. Um, and you, you can still do a lot with body weight and bands. Obviously, it's not, it's not ideal, definitely isn't. But just creating intensity from something which is like, for example, shorter rest periods or tempo. There's a lot to be said for just slowing down tempo. Because especially when you're in a gym environment, obviously you've got so much weight around you, you can literally just add on weight, add on weight, add on weight, and obviously let your form drop down, your tempo, everything just, just goes down the drain a little bit. So in a way, spending time getting used to a slower tempo, in a way, is positive for some people. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, uh, that's one thing actually I've tried to drill into clients is, to make sure that they're looking at their tempo right now because the amount of times I'm training someone in the gym and I have to tell them to slow down. And like particularly where you've got less load now, now like you said, now's the perfect opportunity to clean up, clean up and you want to like you clean up, you know, I don't want to see my shuffling weights around or 
you know, even a few exercises we're adding in like ISO holds where we can, um, nice. you know, any drop sets, any like AMRAPs, you know, just trying to think of as many different intensity techniques that we can add to something just to make sure it is as intense as what it would have been if we were training in the gym. Yeah, of course. It is, it is always going to be tough though. So for example, like you, you were squatting, I remember you were squatting like 140 when you, when obviously you were, I didn't have the injury. So I mean, going from squatting 140 kilos, 140 plus in the gym to then obviously not having that weight and having to use bands is going to, it is going to be tough, but you just can't achieve the same stimulus to that degree in regards to like a squat pattern. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I've actually, I've got a client that's, um, the first client I've ever had that's stronger than I am, David, he's an absolute beast. I think I've seen, I think I've seen him on your Instagram, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, um, just before we, we um, the gym shut, he just leg pressed 400 kilos for the first time. Nice. So trying trying to mimic that as best as we can. We've put him with like a foam roller against the wall. He's got like a 20 kilo kettlebell. Yeah, foam roller, 20 kilo kettlebell and a band. And I mean, he's getting a fair bit out of it. I mean, it's not going to mimic a 400 kilo leg press, but yeah. as long as we can, you know, push him towards failure on a set like that, then, you know. But, um, yeah, he, he was. It was a shame. He actually called me. He was like, "Oh man, I'm so upset. I couldn't be 400 kilos." I was like, "Man, <laughs> you're upset that you didn't be 400 kilos." You know, hopefully, when we get back, we can work back to that. But that's another thing, actually. How are you gonna kind of like program your clients when they do get back to them? Because obviously, they're gonna have so much time away from training, aren't they? Yeah. So obviously, that they'll be training now to some degree, but it's not the same as being in the gym. So I, I, I I'm gonna approach it slightly like you would coming away from a deload in a way so for a lot of people it especially now as as we push on and we spend more time in lockdown and before gyms reopen obviously it's hard to preempt that time but it it is potentially a good time to deload a little bit um and then as you would after your deload go back into training and build up intensity build up weight build up reps i'd approach it the same sort of way because obviously you you've been training but potentially that intensity and the sort of amount of volume you've been doing volume you've been doing isn't the same as you were so going from like band work bodyweight work to then all of a sudden just adding loads of loading um i, I feel sort of working upwards again yeah no 100 i was i had a similar thought about that actually i was probably going to take uh, volume down from everyone to start with you know probably take a set off of most exercises just in the initial kind of like one to two weeks um, assess recovery capabilities assess movement patterns you know if someone's i've probably got a few clients that were like newer to me in the last kind of months leading up to this all kicking off so definitely have to have a look at those movement plans again and make sure they are moving correctly um but yeah just like you said just approaching like a deload you know hopefully a lot of the guys would have had to, if they're in a gaming phase, hold them as much as possible with this training that we've given them. Or, you know, even if they're in a dieting phase, um, you know, there's no real reason why we can't, can't still be, you know, sticking to the nutrition side of things. So let's yeah. hope it's not too big of a transition. But Yeah, of course. And at the end of the day, people have potentially a lot more time available now. So spending that time, not only obviously training with it in the adaptive way, but spending that time to really nail your nutrition because it's, Something which obviously you can put off when you're busy with work. It's just hard to prep your food. It's hard to weigh your food out unless you're in a routine. But now you, it's the perfect time for people to really dig down and get into their nutrition. 
100%. Routine is everything right now. Like I was saying this to a client the other day, actually, who was struggling a little bit. I said, right now, people need people. So if you feel like you need to reach out and chat to me a bit more, or you need like more ideas, or you know, you just literally just want to chat about life for like an hour, that's going to make you feel so much better. And I encourage yeah. you to. Like, I've been saying to all my clients, if you can arrange a Zoom call every week with friends and family, or you know, particularly those who are like living by themselves and things like that, that's going to just make you feel so much better because just having that human contact. Um, you know, I think it's easy to forget that a lot of people, I mean, a lot of us are doing okay through this. Like you seem like yourself, you're in like a good frame of mind, you know, you still manage to work, still manage to get things done, which is awesome. I'm probably similar to this, but there are always going to be people out there who are struggling. So I think just making sure that they have support there and they have, you know, that, that I think right now we're almost like counselors to some of our clients, you know, that they're going through some, some tough stuff. So. Yeah, no, of course. And it's I, a lot of people are going from being at like a hundred percent going really busy all the time um, to then obviously just having to take their foot off the pedal. So from that perspective, it's, it's obviously really difficult. One thing that I've found works really well with clients is obviously when you're training at home, it's really hard to potentially be in the routine of wanting to train, but exercising in your, in your living room, in your kitchen, like it is tough. Um, so having that distinction where they've got like a set room in their house where they go into that room, that that room's there only for exercise. Um, and then fitting that into your day. So getting a routine, which you can be consistent with, um, and putting it in your calendar as you would coming in for a one-to-one -one session, just literally chuck it in your calendar, a time, a date, and you, you make sure you do it at that time and date because it's so easy just to get caught up with work. And then all of a sudden it's 6 PM, it's 7 PM and your day's gone. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. And like you said, like trying to switch on and switch off from sessions. One thing I've kind of given advice to some of my clients to do is let's say if they're taking a pre-workout or they've just eaten or whatever it is, their usual preparation. If they've got certain exercises for that day, you know, still write them in your logbook, log still have them, you know, that set plan out then kind of go for a five minute walk around your garden, listen to music you would listen to in the gym, get yourself psyched up for it, then walk back into the house. And when you walk back into the house, just say to your family or whoever says, look, I'm training. You mind if I just, you know, get on with whatever I'm doing? Then you're then in the mindset of training that you've got, you've switched from whatever, you know, let's say for example, you're in a you know, parasympathetic state and you're nice and relaxed. You've now hyped yourself up for that session and you're now a lot more prepared and a lot more, like your state of readiness is there as opposed to, Oh, let's just get up off the sofa and train like you're not going to be as ready yeah of course what's your go-to what's your go-to music oh i know you like a bit of um i know you like a bit of uh um disco style <laughs> yeah yeah some of my music is quite funky to be fair um i think when i'm it depends really i think if i've got like a really heavy leg session it can be it can range from anywhere from like rock music to like heavy techno music to, you know, it's, I think techno is definitely like a go-to for me. Um, and then occasionally, if you just need those like lyrics or you need like a certain song to like drive emotion on like a big set, then I may go like way, way back to, I don't know, like rap music I used to listen to when I was a teenager and I'd just be there like, oh yeah, bad times. And just like, <laughs> going, you know. <laughs> but how about you, mate? It, it depends. I, I sort of, it depends what I'm training. Like if I'm training legs, then it has to be something pretty heavy. I feel, especially if the, if you're squatting, like you can't mm. squat if your head's not in it. So it has to be something pretty, pretty heavy, I'd say. Um, and then something like 
like for example a chest like a push day i love push day so potentially something a little bit more relaxed like some wrap or or something like that m m's are pretty um pretty good so i got this notification on spotify yesterday it was um you you listen to Eminem so much that you're a top five percent fan in the world or something like that. <laughs> That's crazy, especially for Eminem as well. So it's like a big, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's a big, big artist. Have you listened to his uh, new album? The well, like relatively new. Oh, I don't think I have, I've, I've heard some of his songs, but I've not like literally gone through every single song and listened. I've heard. Pardon? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, music, music yeah, yeah. to be murdered by. I think it's called. Okay. Get get on yeah, it. It's um, it's quite a good one. <laughs> I'll have to uh, save that for the training back when I get back to it. But, yeah, uh, do it, do it, uh, do it. What um, so I think quite a good sort of point to probably finish on is what what if so say someone got injured, what advice would you give them um, if they got injured? Sure. Um, so one piece of advice I'd give someone would be first of all to understand that they are not a victim of whatever the injury is. So let's say for example, hurt your knee. And it's very, very easy to get your head down about it and think, oh, why me? Poor me, da 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 da. Which, you know, I think we've all done. I did that a little bit to start with. It's very easy to get in a downward curve from there. But first of all, realize that it's happened. There's nothing you can do about it. All you can do now is um, like moving forward from that. Big, big thing is trying to invest in your recovery. So go see a specialist, go invest in, um, you know, education to work out what it was that caused that injury. Um, and just find the root cause of it. Don't necessarily think, right, I've hurt my knee, I need to rehab that. You may have, you know, um, bad ankle flexibility. You may have, you know, dodgy hips. There may be something else. So it would definitely be um, try and keep your head on. Don't feel too down about it. You know, it's, it's going to happen and that's fine. And the next thing will just be, you know, invest in your recovery as best you can. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you wish that you'd um, seen the physio sooner? Did you Did you jump on it quite quick when it happened or did you sort of, Put it to the back foot um, a bit. Yeah, I kind of wish I had jumped on it a little bit sooner. I mean, I probably put it on the back foot for the first kind of like two to three weeks. I didn't think it was that serious. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of went down the NHS route, which took quite a while. And I kind of wish that, I mean, obviously it would because there's so many like people that are waiting for like treatments and physio and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I, I, I probably wish I would have gone like private in that sense. So I'd say if you've got the money to, then definitely go private. It's just, you know, especially when it's your, your livelihood, it's your career. You know, I was supposed to be competing in a bodybuilding show next year. Unfortunately, I won't be doing that, which, you know, I've come to terms with now. That's fine. Um, but yeah, definitely just get on it as soon as, as soon as possible. And any kind of niggle you have, just, you know, get that ironed out. Go for sports massages, go to an osteopath, whatever you need, just get just it done. It'll, you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll be worth it. You're, I'm sure you'll compete, compete again at some point. Are you planning on doing it? In a, in a few years time yeah i mean I, I definitely definitely still want to compete i think i i love bodybuilding i love the sport um i mean i get fired up even just thinking about it but it's it's definitely like my biggest passion and i'd love to see myself up there i mean you know whether it be in a few years in many years from now um i feel obviously with my condition with the arthritis I, there probably is a bit of a time time span when, when i can do it so I think as soon as I'm fit and I'm ready, just not wasting any time, being sensible with my training, not, you know, going on Instagram and going, oh, this person just leg pressed 20 kilos more than me. Let's chuck another 20 kilos <laughs> on and compete with them. You know, just be a bit smart with it. <laughs>
um, yeah, no, I definitely love to compete again. But how about yourself, mate? Obviously, you've got yes, aspirations so, to compete again, haven't you? Yeah, of course, definitely, definitely want to again. Um, so I started this this diet probably three, four weeks ago, and I, I just can't wait to get absolutely just peeled. To be honest with you, um, and yeah. I, I, yeah, I just really want to compete again. To be honest, there's nothing. It's a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling. Feeling awful, like when you're that lean, you feel awful. But equally, it's a really good feeling. Yeah, no, I, I feels, know what you mean, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it feels like you're sort of. It feels like you're doing doing something. Like I don't know if that makes sense, but it feels like you're pushing yourself, and it's it's obviously really good. Definitely, definitely. I, I remember when I, I mean, I've not actually competed myself, but for some reason, for my twenty third birthday, I wanted to like see what condition I could get into. Um, so I did kind of like a, I think it was probably about a six to eight month diet with like a, a break in between. And that was like the leanest I'd ever got. And once I saw myself like that and I saw how difficult it was and how mentally challenging it was, I was like, you know what? I know I can take this up the whole way. I want it to compete now. So that definitely got the fire burning for me for sure to see what potential I could have and still know then that there was so much more I could improve on. And I think that's why it can be you know that no matter what shape you can get in you feel like you can always do a little bit more and you can always progress a bit more so that just keeps that fire burning of course love that so i think a really good point to finish on is if you were to compete what category would you go for oh okay so i think when i originally want to compete obviously i would have been i would have been 22 so that would have been still junior but i would imagine the show I'd be looking at would probably be KDFBA. It would probably be the open men's. And I would imagine in terms of my height and what weight I'd like to bring to the stage, I'd probably be, I'd love to push the middleweights, which is why I think I would push competing back as far as, far as I possibly could. Um, because I know that if I was to rush my prep, I may come in as a very, very light middleweight or the top of a lightweight. So I'd rather be like middle of the range middleweight um, competing in like UK DFBA or BMBF for sure, man. Yeah, UK DFBA is a good federation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen I've seen a few of the shows. I went to Cambly, the southern one, which is in Cambly, and um, that was you know probably a few months before my injury, and that really got me fired up. And I think after seeing what goes on behind the stages and what condition and what shape people bring, um, it just you know it inspires you. You can either go one or two ways. You can go, oh, crap, you know, they're so much better than me, or wow, look what these guys have achieved. If they can do it, then I can do it. So let's, you know, crack on and get to work. Yeah, love that. Love that. I'm sure you're definitely, definitely going to get there. Yeah, well, let's, let's hope. As soon as my body's fixed, it's all systems go, man. So, yeah. Love that. Love that. So um, where can people find you if they want to sort of look you up on social media? I'll, I'll obviously chuck them in the links below, but if you just give people a quick... Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so so my Instagram is uh, just simply my name, so George Lewinsky, all one word. Um, I am setting up a kind of a, a team page at the moment, which my, my team is uh, just Team Lewinsky Fitness on Instagram as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm on Facebook as well. If anyone wants to find me on there, I've got like a private group and things. So, so yeah, if anyone wants to reach out, have a chat with me, then feel free. I'm a very chatty person, as you can probably see from here. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love that love that awesome guys so thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed this episode